It's Bet McLean Football Showtime and lots to chat about this week after a weekend of drama in the Irish Cup. We're joined by two managers this week. First and foremost, Stephen McDonald from Warren Point and the guy who vacated that job last season, Matthew Tipton, the now Portadown manager. Stephen Bacon's with us and we've got lots to chat about. Let's do it. Stephen, Pepe, you're very welcome. Bigo, let's start with Barry Gray staying at Cliftonville. It's a massive call by the Cliftonville board. Let's face it, when Barry Gray's Cliftonville lost four league games over Christmas and then were knocked out against Dungannon in the Irish Cup, most people would have thought he was on his way. Barry Gray, it is my understanding, told the board, back me or sack me, and the board have decided to back him. He's certainly going to be there now, it looks, to the end of the season. I would say this, though, Pete. Obviously, on the field, there's lots of problems at Cliftonville, and they have to sort that out. But the board have to take a long, hard look at the club in general, because off the pitch, it's a PR nightmare. They seem to be, in the news pages, an awful lot, and that doesn't help the players. It doesn't help Barry Gray. And it certainly doesn't help the fans seeing them on the news pages. So overall, Cliftonville have to sort themselves out, frankly, because um, it's been a shocking season. At the start of this season, they were supposed to be challenging for the league title. They're not going to challenge for the league title. They're not going to win any trophies. And the best they can do is qualify for Europe. And now they've got a match against Ards on Saturday. The fans give Barry Gray some serious stick after the Dungannon defeat. First of all, I'll be really interested to see how many fans turn up. And they better win that game against Ards because can you imagine the atmosphere after that game if they lose again? And I'll say this, it won't all be against Barry Gray. The board will get it in the neck then. So really interesting times at Cliftonville. But I do believe as a whole, it's a club that needs to take a long, hard look at itself and try to move forward in a positive fashion. Um, just on that note with regards to the fans, and there was a backlash when Barry walked off the pitch. We all got to see it on the television at, uh, at the weekend for, for you guys. Whenever the fans aren't on your, or not, not with you, how difficult is that? Um, well, I, I can you, only you've, been, you've been all right so yeah, far. I can only <laughs> speak from um, playing experience, you know. Um, we had a tough period at Dundalk uh, before the success, and it can be difficult. Number one, not many fans weighing in, and the fans that do weigh in do, do, um, do give you some sticks. So, yeah, it's certainly been difficult. Um, in terms of Warren Point, we haven't got a huge fan base, which everyone's fully aware of, so they're very supportive of what we're doing at this moment in time. Tippy, you know what? How difficult is it not to speak back? How, how difficult? Well, Barry's walking off the pitch at the weekend. Look, it's, it's not easy, but like Stevie said, thankfully I've been okay during my managerial career. As a player, it was difficult because there's times when you're getting dogs abuse, you know, and in England the crowds would be a lot bigger. And for Barry there coming off, he's a proud man. Everybody that steps across that line and, and you're putting yourself as manager in front of everybody to, to go and deliver the, the goods, I suppose, for Cliftonville or whichever club you're in charge of. And... You know, it, it wasn't nice. I seen him and he was trying to clap them. You could see he was maybe, you know, he's trying to get the, them back on side. And, I, and it looked at him and I just thought he looked like a lonely man on the middle of the pitch. Which, when that stage comes, I think it's difficult to turn around now. I know he's staying. To turn them around now is going to take something special, I think. And that means I don't know what, because they're out of the Irish Cup. They're not going to win the league. 
they'd need some serious run of games for them fans to remember or forget how bad it's been because you don't go from one day calling everybody all the names under the sun to, to suddenly forgiving them because they are staying at the football club um, and it wouldn't be nice and it's not a situation I'd ever want to be in. Without doubt though as a manager it's going to come. Someday it will come because you're going to have, look we've had defeats and the fans aren't happy when you lose a game and, and I understand that but I've never received that kind of level of abuse um, since I've been a manager. As a player I suppose you've ten others around you. Can I ask you both, um, Stephen, you had a tough start to the season at Warren Point. You lost your first six games and then you turned it round. Tippy, things haven't always been rosy for you at Portadown this no. season. What is it like as a manager trying to deal with that? Because Barry Gray is obviously going through the roughest spell of his career right now. Um, I suppose the timings of runs, you know. Uh, at the start of the year, I knew, I knew that could potentially happen. And considering taking all the factors that we would have discussed previously into account, but as the season goes on, you certainly, if, if you know, if you've made if you've made claims that you're going to be one of the bigger sides and you are competing for for championships, and um, for a run like this to happen, it is it can be soul destroying. I would imagine, you know, if we were to, for example, if 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 ourselves at Warren Point were to go through that run again, I'd be I'd be wondering where we're going wrong because surely. You know, in, in my own in my own mind, you would consider and things should be getting better, and you should be more consistent in what you do. You know, so that would be my belief on it, um, and I would find it very difficult now if we were to go five, six, seven games defeated. I would find it very, very difficult, and I'm not sure where you would pull the answers from. And you, Tippy? No, he's right. Earlier on in the season, I think you do. You know, if you bring in new players and you're trying to bed systems, what happens is you lose a lot of sleep. You know, no doubt, even after one defeat, you rack your brains and think, did I work hard enough during the week leading up to the game? Did I do my preparations right? And thankfully, you know, I believe that I do do that. Um, I couldn't, you know, I, I speak to some managers and they say they don't, they just go off the cuff and, and they play on a Saturday. If that was the case, I, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't go. And I know for a fact with Barry that wouldn't be the case because I know how hard working he is. So what you have to do is you have to strip it back to yourself and go, right, have I done enough? Have I given the players enough information? Have I given them the tactics or whatever, how we're going to play in this day, on this game? And as Stevie said, I'm sure, well, I know that Stevie will have been giving it, giving it, giving it. They lost six games, but over them six games, every time I see an interview or I see the other opposition manager, they'd be saying, one point, done really well, and they maybe conceded unluckily. But Stevie knew they were going in the right direction because it was early on in the season. I knew with my team, I was betting in 16-year-olds and younger fellas in the team when we went through a bad spell, and I knew they would come good. So that was always the belief that got me through a couple of games when we haven't won. And then, you know, if it was an individual mistake, we would try and work on that and hope that it didn't happen you know, the week after or the week after that. And now we're at a stage whereby, you know, it's looking a little bit more consistent. And as a manager, you have to have that belief what you're doing is the right thing. When you lose that belief, you, there's two things that happen, don't you? Either change the team, change the players, or you have to go. And now, you know, Barry probably, presumably, is going to look to bring in new players or different players, players that maybe will buy into what he wants them to do because clearly it's not working. They've the best strike force in the country. I'm sure every club would take Joe Gormley without a shadow of a doubt. It's everything else around it that's maybe not working. So 
they'll have to maybe go because Joe's obviously signed a new contract well I think it's fair to say it's going to be interesting watching what happens over the next few weeks this season you know you've turned it around you boys are playing great football we come off the back of a, of a cup success the weekend against the Institute which is brilliant you beat Glen Avon over the Christmas period and you went to Moorinview and got the result so what, what's the mood like in the camp and, and how are you feeling about how things are going yeah listen it's, it's look very, at the smile <laughs> it's very upbeat at the moment you know we come off funny enough the Boxing Day game, we came off after that, scratching ourselves, saying we've been outclassed by Newry and we need to get to the transfer window very, very quickly. You know, and that was that was my thought and, and the rest of the backroom team. So it's crazy how it can change. All of a sudden, you get a win on New Year's Day when you're when you're stretched completely um, in terms of our squad with injuries and suspensions, and then you go and you get a good cup win and you've a couple of new guys in around the squad, and all of a sudden you're saying let's look up and, and not look over our shoulder again. You know, and We've been in this position many times over maybe the last eight weeks where we've an opportunity to, to start pulling away from the, the pack at the lower end. And again, we've, we've put ourselves in that position heading into Saturday's game here against Linfield. And yeah, listen, it's, it's, been, it's been a really good turnaround, but all credit goes to the players. We'll go on to Saturday's game very shortly, but let's talk about the new players. A cracking keeper has left. Um, you've brought in... Um, what seems to be an unbelievable keeper. Yeah, um, like as I said... Or one in the making for sure. Yeah, we, we knew we were losing Aaron. It was always going to happen, you know, albeit there was nothing confirmed until until he actually goes. And with Robbie, with, with Sykes going going to Oxford, we knew Robbie, would um, his, his loan deal would be cut short. So it was something we had planned for and we had done our homework in terms of who we were going to recruit. So we certainly knew we were going to get a centre-half in Hernani and um, a striker in Lee Duffy. So... The keeper was was kind of up in the air until maybe the week leading into the into the window. So tell us about the way he's he's operating. So he's he's training at Chelsea during the week and then flying in for the games. Yeah, so he just flies in for the games. He flies in on a Friday and stays the night and plays on a Saturday. Like he's he's up training with with Chelsea first team and twenty threes. So um, they they regard, regard regard him quite. Quite highly, and Jared um, Thompson. We're talking about. Yeah, Peter, what, what have you? What have you heard about him? Well, I've got to say this: it's a phenomenal signing, Stevie. Fair play to you for pulling that one out of the bag. Because whenever Aaron McCurry left, I thought it's going to be tough to replace Aaron because I do believe he's one of the top goalkeepers in Ireland, not just the Irish league. He's a class act. But um, Jared Thompson, my sources over at Chelsea tell me they think this guy can go somewhere. Now, pr- the problem with Chelsea is young players don't get a chance. So I know that the people at Chelsea are really glad that he's going to get first-team football in the Irish League and playing for Warren Point and also playing for a manager who wants to see his goalkeeper play football. I think that's a key factor as well. But um, great signing, you know, and also a Brazilian coming in. You're going all cosmopolitan on us. Absolutely, yeah. Um, no, well, listen, Jared played on Saturday. That was his first game, and I was speaking to the guys beforehand, and he had 100% pass accuracy. Incredible, like he was... Didn't give the ball away didn't once. Give, didn't, didn't give the ball away once. He was dropping balls on full-back's chest, bypassing midfielders right into, right into strikers and everything. It was incredible. It was a joy to watch. It was probably one of the best performances I've seen from, from a goalkeeper live. Um, and then within that, obviously, Hernani. We've signed Hernani. I know him from my time at the dock five years ago and went on and won a League of Ireland with Pats and has been playing in Brazil and has been living in London until recent. So um, we took him in just prior to Christmas for some training and... It's worked out well, and as I said, we've got a centre forward in Lee Duffy, who's who will suit this league. 
How pleasurable was it to, to beat Stuart at the weekend? Did they play good football? You play good football? It's total football. Um, and to play them at, at their own game and at win and up there as well. Yeah, well, look, it's been nip and tuck in the two games we played already this year. You know, we've we've went down to 10 men on both, both occasions and Michael McCrudden has scored two worldies on both occasions. So there's been very, very... There hasn't been a huge pile within the games, you know. So we felt confident going up there and it's quite pleasing to go to the Brandywell, which they've scored a lot of goals in, and come away with a clean sheet and a performance and two goals. And listen, it could have been a... Could have been a a bit more than, than just 2-0 so absolutely delighted with that and it gives the lads some encouragement because they're the team now above us in the league as well so as I said hopefully it'll um, it'll push the guys on to, to try and catch them and not look over our shoulder. Well listen congratulations and, and long may I continue for you. Um, looking at the championship, great to have you on Teppy, we, we enjoyed your company so much last season um, and, and you mentioned earlier on about, about bringing in a lot of young players. I take it the board are giving you all the time in the world to develop these guys? I wouldn't say all the time in the world, but it was part of the reason behind going there. You know, obviously I left Warren Point, we were in a comfortable position and thankfully Stevie's took the baton on and, and he's doing really well with them and, and it's good to see because it's a good club and I think they're fully deserving of being in the Premier League. But the big attraction to me at Portadown was the fact that we could kick on. You know, they've a fantastic youth set up there. Um, it's a big club that we think you know can push on into the Premier League. But in terms of giving the youngsters a go, why not? You know, think in terms of the way that Portdown were built previously. Obviously, they brought me here, um, and I'm thankful for that because now we're settled in this country eight years down the line. Them days have gone. You know, the, the days of throwing big money at players um, is a way, and, it, and it's certainly a way under my watch because I don't I don't agree with it. I think you know you should earn what you earn and, and, and actually earn it if you get me but we want to give the young fellas an opportunity because they'll go out and they'll be honest and they'll they'll be positive um, the ones that are playing they're in the team on merit I don't just pick somebody because they're 16 or because they're 17 they have to be performing in, in reserve matches and then obviously we get the reports and then they come up and train with us and if they stand out they'll play and if they play on the pitch and they're better than what we've got they'll stay in the team right you're, you're third in the league, you've got a game in hand, Carrick's above you, Lauren are 51 points, you guys are in 35 points. Um, is it frustrating for you seeing what you've developed with your squad and where you are and then you see what's happening at Lauren, where, with all due respect, no other team in the league can compete with that? No, it's not frustrating. Look, if that's their model, it's brilliant. Look, <laughs> I'm talking all about the youth, but if somebody came and handed me the pot of money that they've got and let us go full-time, I'd certainly run with it as well. So. I'm not bitter or jealous or anything towards them. I think it's fantastic. Um, I think in Tin and they've a great manager who's working really, really well. In the full-time model, you have to know what you're doing. You can't just go full-time and just hope that it works. You have to have a plan and a structure, and he seems to have that. And, you know, we embrace it because it's good to go and play against teams like Lan in our league because, truth be told, every week it, it isn't like that. You know, the technical side doesn't come out too often in terms of the opposition because... They play a lot of off-the-cup football. Um, Lan are super, and we had two good games against them. One up there where we drew, and obviously they beat us at home. Um, I was disappointed with that result. But, no, I think it's good for the league, and I think if they do get promoted, which they certainly look like they will, unless something really drastic happens, I think they'll be a good addition to the Premier League. If you don't get promoted this season through the playoffs, yeah. is that a failure? Yeah. They will be. There's no point me sitting here saying otherwise because that was the target we set at the beginning of the season. So I'll be disappointed. But what I will do then is it'll renew our vigour for next season to make sure that we do get promoted. You know, um, and 
people say, oh, it will be easier next year because Lyon won't be there. It, that's total nonsense because it means the team will be coming down from the Premier League who, whoever it is, is going to be a good, good team because there's good teams in that uh, At this moment in time, it looks like it could be Ard. Um, were you surprised that Carrick put Ard out of the cup? No, the truth be told, because no Ard are struggling for goals. Um, and Carrick have beaten us twice in the last month. And I know what they've got and what I felt would be a strength of theirs would be too much, to be honest, for, for what Ards have. I think it's a big month for Ards coming up now with a window, what they can bring in. But like us all, they'll be saying, there's nothing out there. Or there's nothing available within the price bracket. I'm saying, I'm looking at Ards and they're probably within the same kind of price range myself and, and Stevie spending. You hard push to find a centre forward on that kind of money. Stevie is obviously bringing his team here at the weekend. Do you miss playing in the Premiership? Yeah, every week. It drives me on to make sure that we are successful. Um, Stevie will tell you when, when we were in the Championship two years ago, it used to be the conversation we'd have continually. You know, don't be thinking that we're playing here. You know, bit lock all. Think the dream is to be playing at Linfield and, and that's what we've got to keep striving towards. And Look, we've players there that have played all their career in the Premier League and we've got young fellas that want to play there so we marry them two together hopefully we'll get there sooner rather than later I have to ask you what happened with Darren Murray he's not at but he, he was playing with Portadown earlier this season what yeah. what happened? just felt it wasn't working for him um, or Darren wasn't working for us whichever way you know you want to look at it um, there's certain standards that we expect of our players in terms of training and commitment levels in the training sessions and Darren said he had a new job that meant he couldn't commit fully to training. Um, but I have 24 other players that have jobs as well that could commit to training. And, and I just said, rather than fall out with him, I get on with him off the field to play, no bother at all, but I didn't want to fall out. I don't like falling out with people over football because you know it's a, it's a big bad world out there and, and don't be falling out with footballers because it's a silly thing to do. So I just said, rather than fall out, I think it's better he went and found himself another club. What if Glenn Torren got It's up to him to find out. This is the Bet McLean Football Show from Cool FM. Let's get into this weekend's fixtures and a welcome return for the Dancing Bank Premiership. And Friday night, Newry are at home to Crusaders. Crusaders are on the march and no mistake, Pete. I think that's going to be a tough game for Newry. And let's be honest about it, Newry need to start picking up points. Otherwise, themselves and ours could get cut adrift very, very easily the way the league's going. I just can't see how Newry are going to beat Crusaders, though, because... They're, they're hitting their strides and in Paul Heatley and Jordan Owens they've got two players who are going to score a bag full of goals for the remainder of the season Is Heatley now showing his best form ever? I don't know, that's a tough one to say because every season he seems to perform I think maybe we talk about that because he was patchy at the start of the season but he's certainly delivering now he's one of the class players in the Irish League and has been for the last most of a decade really he's just a, a brilliant footballer and always dangerous and I think him and Jordan Owens will probably be the difference against Newry I'm going to go Crusaders to win that one 3-1 Stevie you talked about being disappointed in your performance against Newry and they frustrated you somewhat can you see them frustrating Crusaders? Absolutely they're a, they're a tough side to play in fairness and they're, they're a, a bunch of experienced guys who've played with each other probably for the best part of 10 years between Newry, Warren Point and back to Newry so they know each other's game um, and they do, they make it quite difficult but I just feel at this moment in time Crusaders are just starting to get into 
a good stride and they've, they've obviously added two quality players from Derry in Hale and Doherty so that's only going to I suppose beef up the competition and obviously Cushley has to get a mention he's been excellent I think for the last kind of six weeks so they seem to really really be turning the screw you know and we were only we were, we were ruling them out six eight weeks ago yeah. and all of a sudden the three points off top and I was going to say that I mean all the talk's been about the Blues and about Ballymena you could see Crusaders going on to win the league well they've won four four of the last five see you know they've been in that position where They've been out in front and won it, and they've came from from the chase and pack and won it. So they've they've plenty of experience, and in in, in Stephen Baxter, they've got it. They've got a real winner there. So I would fancy them to, to beat Newry, to be honest. If, if that's what their ambition is, um, I think it'll be narrow. I think it'll be two one. Two one. All right, Teppy. I think they've done brilliantly. I think it's kicking into gear now, isn't it? In the full time thing, wasn't sure earlier on in the season was it working, was it clicking? And, but people were saying to me, oh, they've no chance, they've done, the players, they're too old, and this, that, and the other. And then I looked at the league table and the three points behind, I thought, now they're going to hit a run of form, which they're on. Linfield might have a slip up because it happens to every team. You don't win every match over the season. Ballymena might have a ropey spell because they were, what, 19 unbeaten. They're going to have a spell where they're going to draw a couple and lose a couple. And next thing, you could see Crusaders away out in front when everybody written them off in October and November. I think New Year's so difficult to play against. Stevie just alluded to there. We played them at the end of my last season when I went in at Portdown and, and earlier on in the season in the Cup. And they are a difficult team to play against, just in style of play and everything. I just think, you look at it, they've goals everywhere, haven't they? Billy Joe Burns hasn't been as good as what he has been, but he now looks like he's back in form. Stevie mentioned Cush. Look, see if Cush is playing. He might be out on the touchline, off balance, and he could still score. Because that's the way he is. Look, he could drive you bonkers. I played with him for two years and you'd be thinking, what are you doing there? And then it would be screaming past you into the top corner. And against Newry, that's the type of player that you need. You need somebody that's going to produce something from nothing. Heatley's brilliant. Look, he has been ever since I've been in this country eight years now. Firstly at Carrick and now at Crusaders. And they'll just have a little bit too much for Newry because they can mix it up, the crews. They could, look, if they want to go and bully them, They'll just stick Jordan up and hit diagonals and get runners off, and it's not easy to play against. Give us a score. 3-1. 3-1, excellent. What did you say, Biko? Same. 3-0. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned the Blues perhaps having a slip up at some point. You're hoping it's going to be this weekend. <laughs> yeah, listen, um, we hope everybody slip ups against us. But yeah, we, we hope to come here and try and replicate what we did the last time. You know, we came and put in a real workmanlike performance and and got a result from the game, one each, and you know restricted, restricted uh, Linfield to, to to shots from distance, and they scored in the last kick of the kick of the game. So if we can replicate something similar like that, and obviously, you know, learn from from the previous game and see can we cause a couple of more problems. Um, I'd be very very happy to come away from here with a point again. How, how, what's the buzz like during the week? You're training, you're building up to coming here and playing on Saturday. I'm sure all the boys are, are are well excited for it. Yeah, it's a great challenge for the players, and it's a great challenge for us as coaches to to come up with a game plan and, and go into the, the smaller and finer detail over the week that will prove massive within the game so it's, it's, it's good from that from a planning point of view it's probably the most enjoyable part the, um, coming here on Saturday is obviously trying to get the plan from the week and, and trying to get something out of the game with the plan so yeah listen it'll be, it'll be a great week especially when you're coming here you know you're playing in the, the biggest and the nicest stadium against the biggest outfit in, in the league so it's um, it's great for the guys and an easy one for them to get up for. Uh, how do you think it's going to pan out? 
Let me fail against Warren Point. Well, it's an interesting one because, of course, the last time Warren Point were at Windsor, they drew one each. And you were applauded off the pitch, Stevie, by the Linfield fans. What was that like as a manager? Yeah, look, it was good. when We, we got applauded last year too for a three-each draw when, when, when Tip was in charge. So I think as much as they, they get on the backs of their own players and obviously shout on abuse to our players, I think at the end of the game, if, if you've earned the right to get a result, you know, they see through all that, they put all that to the backside and, and, and they will congratulate you on that. So, yeah, it was a nice feeling, but, you know, we were obviously good enough to get the win that day. Yeah, and um, the way Aaron McCary played that game, I think Jared Thompson's going to have to produce a similar performance because I imagine Linfield are going to be on top for long periods. They're going to come into the game on a real high. They beat um, Ballymena in the County Antrim Shield. And a mention for Andy Waterworth, who of course has uh, made his 250th appearance for the club and what, 146 goals? Yeah, phenomenal record Andy Waterworth has. And he is not just a scorer of lots of goals, he's a scorer of big, important goals. And he's one of the classiest strikers in this division. And he's obviously going to be one to watch. It was Andy who scored the equaliser, wasn't it, Stevie? It was, yeah. So, and he does tend to do that score in the nick of time or score when it's most needed for Linfield he's quality but there's other quality players at Linfield too Joel Cooper um, uh, is a class act Michael O'Connor could be up against his brother Kieran O'Connor which will be interesting if they, those two have a tackle in the middle Just of the pitch them two boot each other <laughs> yellow cards on the go yeah two great lads I have a lot of time for the pair of them um, I just think Linfield, the way they're going, Pete, will win the game. I think Warren Point will give them a heck of a game. But I'm going to go Linfield to win this one 2-1. I wouldn't be surprised if Waterworth was the, the hero again. Tebby, score, prediction? 2-2. Two, two. I, I fancy Stevie to come and set up. And he just referenced, obviously, the 1-1 game. And, and last year when we came in, it was 3-3. Three, three. Um, I don't want to give any of Stevie's plans away, which I don't know, but I know the players certainly, um, and I think there's a couple of players in there that could threaten Linfield, certainly. You talking Alan O'Sullivan? You yeah. talking Philip Donnelly? I am, certainly, because I think Alan O'Sullivan gives a threat constantly in behind, and obviously Steve wants to play, but he will stretch them, then that will enable the other players to come in and play. Um, I just think coming here is always difficult to keep a clean sheet because Linfield will build up ahead of steam. The fans will get behind them, but I certainly I fancy Stevie to get a couple of goals, and you know you'd like them to win. But I I still think you know uh, with my heart they would win. With my head, I think two two. Two two. All right. Ballymena at home to the Swifts. I think it's a real testing period of the season this for Ballymena because they lost um, against Crusaders. They lost their their long unbeaten run. Then I was at the match against Dundella and um, they really had to dig that one out because Dundella gave them one heck of a game in the Irish Cup. And then they lost, obviously, to Linfield in the County Antrim Shield. So this is their blip and it's how they come out of that. Now, they're at home to Dungannon. The last time they played Dungannon at home, it was a draw. So I can imagine David Jeffrey in the changing room before that game demanding victory. And um, he will know how important this match is. I think he will get it. I think they're going to have Adam Leckie back from suspension. He is such an important player for them. And I would say that Leckie and Cather Freel can do the business for Ballymena against Dungannon. 3-1. Tibby? I fancy Dungannon. To I win? Do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think they'll go with a game plan um, that I think might hurt Ballymena, just in terms of styles of play and systems of play. I think what 
Dungannon, the way that they play might upset the rhythm of Balamena. Um, but in saying that, you know what Davy's like. He won't want to go off two defeats, obviously there, getting beat last night, and then on Saturday. All depends, I suppose, on the personnel. Look, Johnny McMurray came on last night and was a handful again. It's fitting him, Leckie, and Cather Freel into the team also in, in the system that they want to play. But I just think Dungannon might be a little bit cute for them in, in terms of style of play, and they might nick a 1-0 win. All right. Interesting. Stevie? Yeah, I'm going to go for a draw here. Um, Dungannon, like ourselves, have had a great start in New Year. So Chris, the two Chris's, Chris uh, Lindsay and Chris Wright, have done a, a really, really good job. They've stabilised the ship and they've recruited one or two and they've let one or two go to to fit what they want to do. Um, and I feel they can go there and get a draw, to be honest. I'm going to go for a score draw. Pete, I'll guarantee you David Jeffrey's watching this and um, he will be fascinated to hear what the two boys have just had to, to say. Giving me abuse. <laughs> um, MC home to Glen Torn and I mean the Glens probably see this as an opportunity to try and uh, turn things around. Uh, MC are going to be a hard team. Yeah, well by all accounts Glen Torn were excellent for 70 minutes against Crusaders um, and then they've obviously leaked a couple of late goals but uh, it's going to be tough, but it's going to be interesting to see does McCrudden play. Um, I believe he, he was carrying a knock and didn't. That's why he didn't feature in the in the Irish Cup game. Um, they're still a top outfit when he doesn't play, but he certainly he certainly improves the side. So that would be a big one for me. And obviously Doherty, the midfielder, come off with it with an injury v us as well. So um, they're two pretty influential players. And if they don't play, I'm just not sure in terms of um, the depth of the squad if there's the quality to come in and replace them. So. It could be an opportunity for Glentoran to get something here. But again, one thing we're guaranteed is Institute are going to play that really free-flowing football, which they've been superb at all season, um, and they won't, they won't venture. So again, I'm going to sit in the fence here. I'm going to, I'm going to go with a score draw. All right, Pico? Glentoran's start season starts here for me, Pete. Um, from here to the end of the season, they have to start delivering big results. I didn't really think that they would get a result against Crusaders in the Irish Cup. It proved to be the case, although as Stevie says, they played well for a large part of the game. But now it's crunch time because they have to start climbing the table. They have to steer clear of that relegation race. And this is an opportunity for them to do that. It's also a big incentive for Institute because they will think if we win this game, we are guaranteed to finish ahead of Glentoran on the table, which would be an incredible achievement for Paddy McLaughlin and his team. Call it a hunch, I think Glen Torn are going to win it. I think Glen Torn might win it 2-1. 2-1, Tippy? I think this could be the game that does turn the Glens around. You know, we were talking about Darren earlier, and I think this kind of game would suit Darren. You know, they're going to try and play and stuff, and he, look, whatever, everything else happens, Darren's a goal scorer, and so is Curtis Allen. And that there is something that many of the other teams in the bottom six don't have. You don't have somebody that's going to score your 20th season, and they've now two players. They've brought in Lucas... Guadza, who great pronunciation, it'll do. Um, <laughs> who I was glad to see the back of, if I'm honest, because we played well this next week, and I was glad he's away from there because he's a handful. He's probably not the most graceful of footballers, but what he will give is energy and intensity. He will go and win headers, and he'll press defenders, and he will be a nuisance. And he's a handful, and I think against them he will have that kind of energy to go and put pressure on them when they're trying to play out from the back, and then obviously. If he wins it, he's got two really good goal scorers in front of him um, in Darren and, and Curtis to put the chances away if they do come their way. So score? 2-1. 2-1. All right. To the Glens. Um, 
Cliftonville at home against Ards, Barry Gray will be going to himself. This is an opportunity to put some goals in. You talk about goal scores in the bottom half of the table, there's not that many around, and Ards are certainly struggling with goals. As we spoke about earlier, Pete, I believe this is a must-win, not just for Barry Gray, but for the board and Cliftonville as a whole. The intensity of the performance has to be right up there from the very first minute to get um, fans who are going to be angry about Barry staying on back on side and Cliftonville have to produce for me their best performance of the season. Will they? Listen, the way Cliftonville have playing they've been so unpredictable but I do think they'll win purely because they're a better outfit than ours. I go 3-1 Cliftonville and Joe Gormley probably the hero. Stevie? Yeah, I think I think um, Cliftonville will get a result. Um, I suppose the players need to just find that driving energy from from within themselves and try and turn it around because that's the club they're playing for at this moment in time. Let alone everything else that's happening behind the scenes. So, for me, I think that alone will will inspire them to, to victory. And unfortunately for ours at the moment, they've, they've got a really good result against Dungannon, but they haven't been able to to back it up and. You know, us as managers, players as players, you know, when you get that one result, you're always looking at the next game saying, can we pick something up? And the fact that that hasn't happened and teams teams above them have picked up points, I think it's going to be, you know, a mental challenge going there off the back of how poorly Cliftonville have been doing. And I really think Cliftonville can beat them and beat them quite well this weekend, to be honest. Score? I'm going to go 4-0. Tippy, you're obviously looking towards getting into the Premiership, you're looking at the playoff, likelihood is, um, well, who knows who it's going to be, right? It, it, you know, if it was ours, just per se, um, would you fancy your chances against ours? I'm not so silly to come and say that on live here, am you I? sure? Yes. <laughs> um, look, what you want, I suppose, if you get in the playoffs, you want to be on a good run of form and you want the opposition to be low and dejected and not have won too many games because... It's difficult to flip that cycle over. So I suppose history will tell you that not many teams come up from the championship via the playoffs. I think last year was the first time in 10 years or mm, something a long like that. Time. You know, it doesn't happen too often because generally the Premier League's a better league. So they're playing against better teams week in, week out, whether they're winning or not. So in a roundabout way, I'm not going to answer your question. What I will say is I know it'll be difficult if we do get there. Don't forget we have to play somebody in our league first and then and go up so it will be difficult but ideally what you want is somebody who's on a bad run of form and somebody that's not scoring too many goals and Ards you think they're going to continue on that bad run of form this weekend it wouldn't surprise me if they got a result the other side of it it wouldn't surprise me if Cliftonville won 6-0 that's I think the conundrum that faces Cliftonville at is the minute the, is the first goal massive I think here? so yeah look if Ards are in the game and they score an early goal, you can imagine what the atmosphere is going to be like. It'll be horrible. Mm -hmm. And doesn't matter what we say and what managers, what you say to players and when you were a player or when I was a player and Steve was a player, forget what the fans are saying. Forget that. You know, concentrate on your own game. I don't care whatever happens, you can't help it. And you know, if they're moaning and booing, it, it gets into the players' minds. If Cliftonville get an early goal, it could change everything like that. And I, like I say, it wouldn't surprise me. Stevie's prediction of 4-0 was something I was thinking. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me to see Cliftonville go and do that. But like I say, it wouldn't surprise me the other side. It's a 0-0 or a 1-1, you know, whereby ads get one early and they're clinging on and they're not bad at that. The problem is they're sure they haven't had too many goals to protect. You know, they come, they have good game plans, they've drawn against Limfield, the Glens, they beat them. 
But the problem is they haven't had that first goal as much as they needed this season. Because then, obviously, Colin hasn't defensively set up well. But it's no use if the opposition can nick a goal from somewhere. So, End of the final game of the weekend, Belter, Coleraine against Glenavon. Yeah, and I think this is a massive game for Coleraine because they were embarrassing the last time they played Glenavon. They were hammered 4-0. And frankly, it was one of the worst performances that I've ever seen from a Coleraine side. And there's been a few over the years um, before they turned everything around under Oren Kearney. Now, Rodney Marguerite's got them going again, which is massive um, for them because they need a strong finish to the season. I know they're looking to retain the Irish Cup, but also to finish the league, maybe fourth, possibly even third, if one of the top three slip up. And I have a funny feeling that they're going to beat Glenavon because revenge will be in the air. The players themselves um, are a... A tough group, they are straight talkers in that dressing room, Pete, and they'll be telling each other, we have to make up for what happened the last time. And also the fact that Glenavon are still getting used to life without Mark Sykes, I think that'll be a telling factor too. So I'm going to go Coleraine to win this one 2-1. How will Gary Hamilton play this weekend? Well, Gary Hamilton showed once again that he is a man who can score goals. I remember when Gary was in his pomp for Portadown and Glentorn, he was without question one of the best players in the Irish League um, at that time and he could still do a job in the, in the Premiership, I've no doubt about that, but I will be surprised if he plays against Coleraine. Uh, how do you see it panning out this weekend? Um, I, it's going to be an interesting game, obviously McCauley's been put on the transfer list, does he play, does he not play? Then you've got the introduction of Glacken and, and Doherty and Harkin's gone to Derry, so there's been quite a, a number of changes there for um, for Coleraine while they're coming on a good run so it's going to be interesting to see how they, they kind of you know bond in with the rest of the group and how quickly they can hit the ground running so on the flip then Glenavon have kind of had a stuttery period and they have to get over the hangover of Mark Sykes leaving them so I, I, I'm going to sit in the fence again I'm going to be cagey here and I'm going to go for a two each draw. Tippy? I think it'd be a high scoring draw 2-2-3-3 two, two, three, three. just the way that Glenavon play Rodney seems to now have got his own stamp on it because I suppose it'd be difficult for them players in that Coleraine dressing room after having Oren for so long and the way that he was doing it. And Rodney didn't really bring any of his own staff in. You know, he rolled with what was there with, with Winky and Trevor. And I suppose, you know, everybody's maybe thinking, well, well Oren would have done it this way and the players might be thinking it and whatever. And now, you know, it takes time to, to manipulate the players to go, look, no, this is how we're going to do it. And, and it looks like he's doing that now and he's turning the corner. And it'd be good to see a good game of football. The pitch up there is hindering Coleraine, there's no doubt about it, because you've seen Rodney when he was at Dungannon, that's the way they played and they had a, a decent surface. It's not as good, and I think that's being polite. I think it might play into Glen Hammond's hands a wee bit more, but there's goals in the Coleraine team. You know, James McLaughlin's back fit now and scoring, and he can score goals from nothing. You know, He doesn't look like what a modern-day footballer should look like, truth be told. He's more of my kind of build. Um, but he can certainly find the back of the net. Darren McCauley is an interesting one. Stevie touched on it. He's on the transfer list. You know, and, and I seen there was uproar last week. People are telling me that you know, they're not happy that he's speaking to other clubs. Well, if you put somebody on the transfer list, that means he, he's going to speak to other clubs. You can't have it both ways. There's, there's, uh, at the time of us recording, Crusaders, Larne, Derry City and Cork City want Darren McCauley. If you were Darren McCauley, where would you go? Well, he's a Derry lad through and through. That would probably be feasible, the best move, but I've witnessed playing for my home club at times, it doesn't always go to plan. 
the Cork one, if true, is an interesting one. Takes you away from your comfort zone completely, and he seems to be fairly switched on lads. So, to be honest, I would I would try something different and and, and have a nibble at that one. That's where I would be going down to Cork City. I I don't know if Stevie remembers. You remember we we played Coleraine last year just prior to Christmas. It was a Friday evening game, and I was chatting with Oren, and I said then that I thought Darren McCauley was or has the potential to be the best player in the Irish League. That was you know just over a year ago. <laughs> He was so dangerous, and we, and we debated late on, if you remember, he scored, and he, he has the ability to go either way, left or right. He can come in and shoot, he can go down the line and get crosses in. He attacks the ball well at the back post. He's physical, he's, I seen there, there was a big thing, he's took a year off the drink and he's, he's took up yoga, and full credit to him, because it does make a difference. You can't live a lifestyle of a student, per se, and be going out drinking a couple of times a week, and being able to perform on the pitch, and you know, it's something we encourage our players to, you know, if they can, and luckily we've got a young team. They don't drink or, you know, as much as you're, what I did. Your your team's so young, they'll tip <laughs> they're, they're, not allowed, they're not allowed in bars, which is brilliant, you know. But in terms of that, in Darren, I think look, if he's the opportunity to go and play at Cork City, they're the biggest supported club in the whole island of Ireland, um, and they've been challenging. You know, obviously they won the league and then they challenged Dundalk last year. I think it would be a great opportunity for him and. As far as I knew, he was living in Dublin last season, certainly was. Um, whether it's still the case now or he's moved back up to Derry, I don't know. Time will tell, but he's a very, very good player. Absolutely, and we, 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 we enjoy January and we work with bit of breath to see what happens and who moves where. And, and obviously next couple of weeks will be a telling tale. You spoke of your players there. You boys have a game against uh, Ballyclare Comrades at the weekend. They did all right in the cup, albeit at the right. Yeah. Um, what, what, do you, what, what way do you see this weekend? I think it'd be tough. I think they're one of the better teams in our division now. The league places, whilst we always go by them and say, you know, land the best character in ourselves or whatever, but it's, I do think they have a certain style of play that will challenge us. Um, we've had them watched three times, I think, in the last month. Um, obviously, we were supposed to play them earlier on in December, it was called off. So we know it's going to be a tough game, but it's something that we're looking forward to. We're on the back of three good wins there. We've brought a couple of boys in, in Marty Bradley and Aaron Duke, that I think are going to make a massive addition to us. Um, certainly, Marty in the centre midfield at 22, you know, he's tons of energy, he's hard in the tackle. And Aaron Duke, six foot four, um, and it's the old classic, he's good feet for a big man. Because he isn't, the way we play won't suit, we, we're not going to go direct to him. But he takes the ball in and he's a, he's a natural finisher. Um, I think that what got him his move to Dundee as a young fella, or Dundee United, sorry. And he's had a couple of years, not really, he's been messing about, truth be told, you know, and that's no disrespect to Dollingstown Rectory Rangers, but that's not the level that you should be playing at if you've coming back from a full-time contract in Scotland. So we're excited by them, alongside obviously what we're developing, our own players. And we'll go up there and do like what we do every week, go and try and win the game of football by doing it the right way. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, Teppy. Um, thank you very much. Stephen, the same. Good luck this weekend. Big up. Always good, mate. Uh, thank you very much for watching. Um, enjoy your weekend's football, and we'll be back with more next week.